The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to another Kingery Commentary. This is your director, James. I promised myself I wouldn't cry, Tyler. And with me is your assistant director, Perry Whittle. And um, we are here with uh, episode 2X03. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what the title of this episode is, so I'll look that up real quick. This is the kind of... Uh, the Expertise evidence that you people you got the it. evidence of things not seen. See, this is why I'm going to miss you, Perry. Is <laughs> bits like this of saving my ass when I need you to. And this uh, script is written by Teresa J. McGarry, mm-hmm. who was unfortunately uh, just a little too busy to make the commentary with us. But as always, here in spirit, and offered us a ter- just terrific script to work off of. Uh, Absolutely. Really great. Totally natural. You look like a fucking zombie. (laughs) I'm not sleeping well. I'm barely eating. Debbie, I'm so darn... It's always interesting putting together these little uh, last time segments, trying to listen back to the previous episodes, because it's never, and I hope people notice this, that my previouslys are always different from my next times. Because I think what's important after the fact is different from what's important before you've heard the episode. So... I always try to mix those up and try to figure out what's important now rather than what was important, what's changed. Very clever. And also, um, I find uh, I get really confused if the um, the previously is the same as the coming next time. When when they're I sure did because I dropped it. I'm already crime now to pick up drop stuff. But I, you know, I'm always confused, so maybe that doesn't maybe that doesn't really mean too much. Can you prove that it's your chip? You know what? Um, here, you take it. It's worth all credit I think it was you who mentioned this when this the lines with this cop came in and the, it was a little uh, distorted. You said, "Oh, geez, this is going to be a pain to clean up." I said, "No, that's awesome. It sounds like um, the cops from Half Life. I mean, it just sounds like someone who's in complete riot gear." <laughs> So I really think that's a great touch. A little over the top, perhaps, but I like it. They're going to try to get to the ball yeah. one way or another. If they can't arrest him, they're going to drive away his customers. They watch us over at SOL all the time, but they're afraid to come in. Maybe they'll I really like uh, Ray Koykendall's um, performance here as Lee and Bruce Busby as Raul. Mm-hmm. I thought they were doing a really good job here. Yeah, and um, I don't think, I don't know if there are any... Uh, plans to bring Raul back, but I, if there aren't, I think that's a shame because I do think Bruce does a great job here, and Ray does a great job too, and he yeah. definitely is coming back as far as I know. So, but yeah, great work here, great character work, uh, and it also they the actors really help define the characters a lot in this scene and kind of yep. help uh, define the atmosphere of this opening scene, especially. Yep, absolutely. Hmm. Maybe I could take care of it. We got a regular chemical supplier coming in today. And we also are introduced to the substance called Behold, which um, is uh, an interesting sort of sci-fi conceit of just this drug that you can kind of put into the atmosphere. It's an atmospheric drug that's all contact high and just makes people feel wonderful and is used primarily in commerce to make people feel happier to buy things, which, you know, 
It's an interesting take, I think, on intoxicants and how they can be used. Makes the salesman's job easier. So much easier. I'm sure there are salesmen all over the world who are like, that's what I want. I want yep. that. Yeah. I know you like to Yeah, I think that's the slo- the slogan on the box that I have. Glad to hear it. Did your server tell you about today's dessert special? So let, oh, let's see. I I missed uh, mentioning that uh, John Howard plays the cop, the cop who's in the full riot gear, mm-hmm. and Jovian Lab plays the casino patron. Mm-hmm. And we just heard Jane Parrish as Regina, and she gets uh, she gets to do more later on in the episode. Yes, she does. She absolutely does. Um, And I just want to say, I think... um, Wait, hang hang on. Okay, if you didn't hear that, you have to go back and listen to Marley Norton's yawn as the freighter pilot. I I love that. I just absolutely loved starting... That that was the first scene that I mixed in this episode, and I just loved starting it out with a big yawn. (laughs) That's an interesting way to start mixing... Uh, was that actually in the script, or was that an improv on her part? No, that that was a, just a little add-on. And yeah. and Ray Kuykendall as Lee was also making some, you know, little uh, was doing his dialect and was changing some of the words so that uh, the dialect worked better. Like uh, he has a line, "It must have fell off in flight," you know. It's <laughs> not not exactly how it was written in the script, but the same idea. It's really great. Right. I always tell actors whenever, or I try to tell actors um, whenever I send off their script, and a lot of them are good about this, of like, I always say that I want at least one take that is word for word what's from the script, but also I want at least one take that is improv, because sometimes you get some really natural rhythms of speech uh, from improv lines. And I know um, Pete Milan is somebody who improvs all the freaking time and some of his best lines come from sort of these riffs that he has on the side of things. So, yeah. um, so I'm always a big fan of people just kind of going off the script a bit. But also, I mean, there's sometimes we just absolutely need every word that's in the script. And it helps that we already have good source material to start from. Uh, I think I've covered all my bases to keep anyone from feeling snuffed. Right. Or perfumed powder right. that you can all laugh about later. Um, Alicia so Lane Matheson work. here as I'm the always the um, awesome Madeline Gray. Oh, and you're coming yep. along. I think um, so I come still probably. You can't arrest me. I don't know if I've admitted this love before on this uh, commentaries or not, but Madeline is actually probably my favorite character on this show. So whenever she shows up, which is a good bit of the time, she's kind of a main character this season, but. Uh, I always love getting to mix scenes with Alicia's work. It's a lot of fun. Yep, I agree. Absolutely. So this next scene is in the Jade Palace. Mm-hmm. A new location for us, and, and this is your mixing. It is my mixing. It was... Um, now you got to tell me... <laughs> It was difficult to sort of um, withhold some uh, impulses like um, Michael King here just doing a stellar performance. I just have to say real quick. Very self-possessed and just a little bit smarmy. Well, maybe a little bit more than a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, someone very confident but also gives off sort of a very 
slimy vibe in a bit. And Heather Frizzell is Julie, and Kim Giannopoulos is Ingar, also doing wonderful work here. Kim Giannopoulos is kind of becoming one of my everyday players. She is always a trooper and sort of filling in if I have sort of one-off roles. She's got such an amazing, versatile voice that I can just kind of drop her anywhere very confidently. Um, so thank you, Kim, very much for filling in a lot of, you know, roles that other people might not necessarily appreciate having to do, but she does with the real, uh, she takes it very seriously. She doesn't just sort of take it easily. I actually want to say when Michael King sent me his audition, he said he based uh, Shimizu's voice on a cross between George Takei and James Earl Jones, which I certainly think comes across. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. That's funny. I didn't think of that when I was listening to Shimizu. Right, but then once you hear it, you just can't not hear it. Yeah, once I have the idea in my head, it's very clear. Yeah. Also, um, quick notice, uh, in that last scene in the background, you have here kind of this water pooling, which is supposed yeah. to be um, like a Zen pool that Shimizu has. The best audio clip I could have that, I don't know what it actually is, but the actual audio file was called um, Piranha Infested Waters. It sounded very calming. It does, doesn't it? You wouldn't yeah. think that piranhas, piranha-infested water, which just sounds so relaxing, relaxing and inviting. So now we're in Tommy's office once again, and we got Pete Mylan as Tommy and Alicia Lane Matheson as Madeline Gray again. Which, they kind of do these scenes, you know, every three or four episodes where it's the two of them in their office kind of having this battle of wits. It doesn't hurt anybody. Um, in fact, it makes people feel good. And out of all of those, which are, again, among some of my favorite scenes in the show, I think that this one just hits it out of the park, especially Alicia near the end of this scene. Ugh, oh, just gives me chills. Yeah. I always love the scenes with Tommy and Madeline together. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful. And I'm starting to get the idea about this stuff near the end of the scene that you were mentioning. I'm starting to get the idea that Madeline Gray is maybe just a little bit conflicted. I think she likes getting Tommy all wound up. Yeah, I think that there's certainly, I mean, um, you know, obviously they're on opposite sides of this law spectrum, and, you know, she's out for justice and Tommy's out for power and all that, those kinds of ideas. But at the same time, there's this sort of begrudging respect between the two of them. I mean, it's certainly a very cat-and-mouse relationship and this past, you know, friendship, if something more, between them uh, makes things complicated. It's not a clear-cut, they don't just hate each other, you know. It's not a simple relationship, which I love. But, of course, nothing simple on the kingery. Yes. Those writers... They just have to complicate everything. I know. People just have to have such complicated, horrible, you know, soul-crushing lives for our entertainment. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's just fantastic. you just need an outlet for all that passion you don't... You think you make me hot? You really think that ever crosses my mind? A little cross there. 
yep. and her leaning against the desk. That, that was sort of my zen audio moment of uh, this episode. So there's another one coming up that I'll mention when it comes up in there that I just kind of stared at the ceiling and thought, how am I going to do that? About that in your dark but. dreams when you're not dreaming about taking over the sector's crime family. <laughs> Honey, if you only knew. Good. Because you know what really makes me hot. Oh, I have nothing to say. Well, one thing I was going to say, just kind of pat myself on the back about this, is that I, one thing I really try to do with this scene is something that's very difficult um, in audio is kind of, you know, what in film would be sort of a pan-in, like tightening on the characters, and I really try to go for that atmosphere in this particular scene without moving people around too much. I mean, and obviously, in film, you would just... It would either get you would get closer and so audibly it would you know become more intimate and more centered which you can't really do in an audio drama because you know it just confuses people like well why wouldn't you all in the center of things you know you have to be very careful when you do things like that so I try to uh, let their performances sort of carry it bring the music down a little bit there near the end of the scene and just kind of allow them to sort of take over yeah. And again, especially Alicia there, just uh, knocks it out of the park. As far yeah, as I'm absolutely. Concerned. Absolutely. Our Father, who art in heaven. So here we are back in the hospital room. And um, we've got Jane Parrish as Regina doing a fantastic job. I, I thought this was one of the wonderful bits of this episode, or at least the parts that I um, mixed was uh, Jane's work in this episode. Give us and day. also, Michael break. McCaskill is Shepard. The return of Michael McCaskill, which... He's going to wake up pretty soon. He is going to wake up pretty soon. Yeah, spoilers. Actually, there was a long going back and forth between me and Jeffrey on how to approach that. You know, I had actually made another version of the trailer for this episode where I had Adam in it, and then I stopped and I said... Should we do that, or do, should we leave that moment for this episode? So that's an example of something of what's important afterwards rather than beforehand, you know. Right. That it's important in further episodes, and you'll see in the next episode, plug, plug, that in the previously, I do have Adam featured in the uh, previously, because that's one of the more important parts of this episode, is Adam waking up. Right. And I'm so impressed by his performance. In this episode, he is, right now he sounds he sounds exactly like he's just waking up, and then in a couple more scenes, a couple scenes later, he's back and he sounds much stronger and much different, uh, much healthier in this in the later scene. I just was so impressed with that performance. I think it's great. Yeah, it's always um, a real blessing to get to act with uh, or uh, work with actors who have such a great range, such as Michael, and to know that they'll always be able to come up. Whatever you throw at them, they'll be able to do something. And you're absolutely right. I mean, Michael. I thought I was going to lose you. Yeah. Just absolutely sounds like he's just come out of a coma, you know. And I think it just. It's great. Also, I just want to say the wallet in this episode is phenomenal. You always impress me with some of your background sounds. Between this one and the spaceport in this episode, I just... 
I um, actually was so impressed with this wallet that I actually asked you if you could send it to me so I could use it if I ever have a hospital scene again. Of course we right. will. Oh, and there's Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as the nurse. And I noticed that two episodes ago, she had a part as a police officer. So it seems like she's specializing in women in uniform. <laughs> there, are, there are all kinds of places I could go with that that I absolutely won't. That's right. Um, and she is, she's another uh, everyday player who really is a filler, and I really appreciate that um, ability of hers to do that. Miss Carl Glassmeyer as Asa. Don't need to be respectful of me. Doing a wonderful job as usual. Mm-hmm. I never did. And Lexi Rawl as Debbie. Mm-hmm. And this was the other scene where I had a sound effect. There was a sound cue in this one for. Um, I think it actually was audible silence that I just had to have this atmospheric sort of quiet, audible quiet. That's what it was. And I just looked at the script for about ten minutes, going, "What the heck does that mean?" It felt like I hated him. But eventually I got it. I can't remember exactly what this location is called in the script, but it's uh, sort of a... Back Terrace, it says here. Oh, okay. So it's just uh, an exterior, which is very rare um, for the show. You know, lots of sort of close uh, quarters and whatnot. So it was nice to hear some wind and, you know, have some sort of natural to it. So how come you got all the tough sound effects? Did you just take those, or did I just ignore them in the script when I came across them? No, you you had to do the hospital scenes. That was the thing I was okay. most terrified about. Yeah, everything that I sent you, it, it, the sound effects weren't a problem. It was uh, the atmosphere, which I know that you can always get really well. So I always send you, or, you know, if anyone's having sex, I'll send that to you as well. Okay, all right. So, that that, that's sort of the method behind my madness. It's like, can, can I do this atmosphere? Yes. All right. Can is there intimacy in this uh, scene? Yes. Well, Perry's gonna have to do that then. And now it's all okay. That's, that's the general rule of thumb. Or was the rule of thumb? Nice sigh. Yeah. So this is uh, marks the end of my tenure as uh, assistant director on the show. I've been booted off the show. <laughs> you haven't been booted off necessarily. I mean, if I had my druthers, I would keep you on forever and ever. But I've got, we got together, we were able to get back to a point where we were actually on schedule, which we had been, or I had been hideously behind on. So we actually got back up to where we needed to be by a lot of hard work um, on your part and on my part to get us back up to where we needed to be. Um, and so I'm going to release you into the wild from whence you came. So uh, possibly help other people in the future if they get in the same hole I got into. But Yeah, so I've, I've been released. Exactly. <laughs> Back into your natural habitat. That's right. I'm not even so much afraid of how much it's going to hurt to die. So that's uh, why I'm a little, a little bittersweet because we, I think that we... As co-directors, could I, I mean, you get an AD spot partially because I do the final mixing and so forth, but I do consider you in these episodes you've done with me just as much of a director as I am. Oh, well, thank you so much. You're quite welcome. Um, I, we've had a lot of fun doing this stuff. We have had a lot of fun. It, and to anyone out there who, you know, 
is considering directing um, but aren't sure if you know you'll be up to the task. I absolutely, whenever Jeffrey is doing another directing director teaching class, jump at the opportunity because it is an incredible. It changes the way I think. I think in completely different ways than I did before I did this, and I get to meet incredible people like Perry. No. And Jeffrey and Seth, and it's just been a really life-changing experience. So yeah, uh, I'm getting really gushy here, but we're in a gushy scene, so it's appropriate. Well, let me just point out that um, Tithia just saw her mom talking with Asa, and uh, I think that's going to work out really well because, you know, I think one of the problems between Debbie and Tithia is that they don't have enough to talk about, so this will give them something more to talk about. Right. Well... You know, and I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to mention uh, David Alexander McDonald's wonderful music throughout the episode, and especially right here, behind, just at the end of the scene. It's really great. Uh, yeah, the stuff that David gives us is just mind-bogglingly good. I just can't imagine trying to do the show without all the music that he's given us. You already yeah. look so much better. Stronger, too. And here I'm glad we have the converging of forces. To talk to you. Well, well. Look who's awake. Yes. Isn't it a miracle? Yeah, with all the people in this scene, my notes say, if this scene isn't fantastic, I really messed it up because the performances are just wonderful. So. How can you say mm -hmm. that? And it, it it is a great scene and a brilliant way, place to end this particular episode. See, there's there's a big reveal right there, and that's how masterfully this show is written: is that you have reveals like that that you know. Madeline and Julie are you know, or not Julie. Oh, Regina are, uh, you know, working together, and it's it's just sort of it's so natural. Like they doesn't have they don't have to beat it into the ground or anything. Yeah, just very well done. Definitely. I'll tell you everything I know. We have left undone those things we ought to have done. And I like coming up here where um, which we ought not. Jane Parrish, as Regina tells. It's Michael McCaskill is Shepard what he's going to we'll help the cops with. The and uh, Regina is already whispering, yes. and she gets even quieter when she I says Tommy Arkell's name. Mm -hmm. And uh, here it comes, because the guy is just that scary. Helping the police find out what they need to know about Mr. Arkell. Thanks. Mm. I guess I can't ask for more than complete cooperation. Although, considering the scope of what I need to accomplish... Well, I'm going to resist the impulse to ask you to pray. Yeah, and then we end with this little bit of music that uh, David wrote that's appropriately called Spies Like Us. I've discovered, the more I just sort of look at David's uh, titles for songs, they almost always are appropriately titled to what they are. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, and an end of an absolutely, I think, phenomenal episode uh, sets up a lot of interesting, different dynamics. I hope you people are at home are paying attention, taking notes. Um, yeah, there will be a quiz later on. There will be a quiz later on. It's right. called the rest of the season. But there, I mean, 
just be make sure you're paying attention because things are coming together and really coming to a head at this point. So. Yep. Yep, and I think that uh, this particular episode is going to be about one twelfth of your final grade. <laughs> there about, but there might be uh, slightly uh, heavier on this side of that side. But yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> just a, just about one twelfth. Yeah. How would that work? Do you think if we actually had grades for shows, like how well you were paying attention at certain points, and if you fail out at some point, you just can't listen to the show anymore. Uh, I don't know exactly how it would work, but I know that we'd have to grade on a curve. We would. <laughs> that's, that's one thing I'm sure of. I think this is why they don't let us run the show, Perry, as we come up with ideas like this. Yes. No sooner do we catch up on production than we come up with a bunch of preposterous ideas for how to fill our lives. How to slow us back down. Well, all right. So we'll just give everybody a passing grade. Yeah. We won't actually do the quiz. Probably the best uh, choice. Okay. Besides, everybody wins when the kinger is involved. That's right. All right, folks. I have nothing more to say. I'm going to go sob in my Cheerios now that Perry is leaving me. I'll see you all next month. All right. Bye for now.